Coming up on Salt City Code, we continue the conversation with Max Matthews and take a deeper dive into his experience as an instructor for both Start Fast Code and Careers in Code. This is part four of our series, Catching Up with Careers in Code. My name is Karen Thorne. And I'm Kelly Corey. And together, we are Salt City Code. We'd like to take a minute to say thank you to our sponsor, Hack Upstate, for supporting Salt City Code. Hack Upstate's mission is to unite and facilitate collaboration among the greater upstate New York technology community. Twice a year, Hack Upstate organizes weekend hackathons. Developers and innovators from across central New York come to Syracuse to form teams, build projects, and win amazing prizes. It's all in 24 hours, and it's free to attend. Want to learn more? Visit hackupstate.com and get ready to code. And I think that was instrumental, too, for us as students, being the fact that, you know, if we had feedback about something, um, you know, it was taken care of right away. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like it was just kind of pushed on the shelf and like, well, we'll figure it out next time. No, it was, you know, figured out and, you know, we went forward with it. Um, Like one of the the problems I think that we had were um, in the beginning, and I know Mm -hmm. at least within the first three to four weeks, um, because... You didn't have the same instructor all the time. So yeah. when they switched, um, if the previous instructor left off in one spot and the new instructor came in and they don't know, didn't know where they left off, mm-hmm. and now they're coming in there and they're teaching you something that they are either assuming that you have already learned or yep. had figured out, and you're all sitting there going, "What?" <laughs> you know, that mm-hmm. was one of our one of our suggestions was um, tell the next instructor where you left off. Yep. You know, and if you guys are going to share code, share it in a place so that you know where the previous instructor left mm-hmm. off. And they did it right away. And that, yes. yeah. that made things, you know, at least for me anyway, it made things go. Absolutely. Smoother. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, you know, I look at it as instrumental in that they did take care of the issue right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that in the next cohort or the next three cohorts, you know, that they have, they'll have other issues that you know pop oh, up sure. but they'll do the same thing yes mm-hmm. so so in answer to your question about um, <laughs> picking <laughs> curriculum and and how we we divvy that up sorry i'm a very no that's great that's why we're here we're here to hear people's stories and things yeah, about right, tech yeah, so like yeah, it's right. totally fine i'm not mad about the wandering like go for it so um the curriculum it was um a very collaborative process we had several meetings okay. um every couple weeks where we would uh come out come up with an outline and we'd go, mm-hmm. all right, here are the, we've got four weeks or six weeks to cover JavaScript. Mm-hmm. And uh, here are the list of 20 topics that we need to cover. And so we started out with the pool of instructors. I think we had 12 or 15 instructors somewhere yeah, in that like area. That. Yeah. Um, and so we first kind of divvied people up on, okay, well, you know, Jeff, you're a front end guy and, and mm-hmm. you're an expert in front end. So, you know, you can cover that. And then sure. we went into JavaScript and we went, OK, well, there are four instructors who volunteered for JavaScript. We're there are four weeks. Let's split you up that way. Nice. Um, all right. Who wants to cover the database and so on? Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, those instructors got on a separate phone call and went, OK, here are the list of 20 topics we think we need to cover in JavaScript. What order should we do it? Okay, great. Now what's next after that? Who wants to take these topics? Um, And so that was a a great process. Um, I I think it's super important 
as an instructor to realize that not everyone learns the same way. And some people yes, are absolutely. Uh, yeah. Some people are auditory Agreed. learners, some people are visual, some people mm-hmm. won't get it at all in class and then they'll go home for five minutes and it will click. You yeah, know, exactly. sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's very hard teaching a concept that you use every day because you you don't remember how you learned it. You just sure. use it. Um, and so I find code so fascinating because there's not a right answer, right? There are 15 mm-hmm. different ways you can solve one problem. Every time. And I'll sit down with a student and they'll go, this isn't working. And I'll go, okay. And instead of going, oh, no, 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 you're doing this all wrong and showing them how I would do it my way, right. mm-hmm. I think it's important as an instructor to hear student feedback, look through their code and go, sure. this is a totally different approach It's not how I would do it, Mm -hmm. but let me think through your approach. I can help you get it working. And then all of a sudden, I now as an instructor become a better developer Mm -hmm. because I'm thinking about a more efficient way of doing it or a different way the puzzle pieces fit together that ultimately may be better than the way I've been doing it for the past five or ten years. You're looking at it from a different perspective that, you know, just... And only because of that, you know, like, oh, geez, I would have never thought of really doing it that way. Maybe Mm -hmm. that is better. Let me try it. Exactly. Can I tell you, that took me a little getting used to, though. Like, when we got into class, I was expecting it to be, I guess, more of a traditional thing. Sure. That, like, you know, here is how you do this problem, and here's how you get from A to Z, and there is a set of steps, and these are the only steps that you can take. And if your code is wrong, someone's going to come over and say, okay, this is what you need to do directly there. And it took me some time to get used to the fact that it's, I don't know if I want to say, like, more collaborative, but that, like, that sense that there is no right answer, you know, that there's just so many ways that you could solve the problem. And I think that really helped me to become a better developer was realizing like, okay, I'm not going to memorize a, a set of rules. Yes. You know, it's not like a math problem necessarily where there's only one answer and one way you're going to do it. Yes. There's so many different options. And that was one of my favorite things about the program when that like clicked in my head. Yes. Yeah. You could do that. I, I would say that probably hit for me at about like week three or four mm-hmm. when I was like, oh my God, did I, did I make the right decision? Like, can I do this? Because I was comparing myself to other students in the class and like where they were and what they had coded and I'm like oh my god what am I doing I'm like I can't you know um and the other intimidating thing was finding out like who had like even a bachelor's degree or you know sure um because I didn't have one of those Mm -hmm. I'm most I had as an associates but you know like so you're like oh geez you know this one's got a bachelor's and that one's got a master's and this Mm -hmm. one you know this one's got two masters or whatever it is what am I doing here Mm. and then I'm like you know, I had to stop and I thought, okay, wait a minute. You are doing what you're doing. So stop and think about what you're doing and what your goal is. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so maybe I'm just not doing it the way they're doing it. And that's when I, I, I like, once I got to that point of, okay, stop comparing yourself. There are mm-hmm. other ways to do it. Things finally were, you know, went a little bit smoother for me. And I really, awesome. th- it really like took off and I started having, you know, other things. Well, I I can Mm -hmm. say from the instructor perspective, it was super interesting because in academia, so so many times you have a professor who's been teaching in a certain way for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And that just doesn't happen in a boot camp because every one of the, the instructors did not have a teaching background in the forefront. They were all professional developers. Mm -hmm. And so they all have, you know, 
I'm sure, hundreds of years of experience between all of them. Yeah. And so what was super interesting was hearing student feedback of, of hearing many students go, hey, we understand there are multiple ways of solving this, but we're getting to the capstone. Can you mm-hmm. provide us a little guidance? Sure. And at that point, as instructors, we all kind of got together and said, all right, every instructor is going to have a different answer to this one question. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to communicate together on, on what we're going to advise the students to do. And when we did that, I felt like the, the movie clip where they're going, you're tearing me apart <laughs> because I was hearing all these different instructors and I had an opinion and they had an opinion and neither opinion was wrong. And sure. I knew at the end of the day, we had to get down to, all right, this is the database that we're, we're going to recommend or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, and so I think for, uh, ultimately we did it. And that's what's so great about the instructors was that mm-hmm. just because you use this in your day-to-day job and you think it's great doesn't mean it's the right answer. Sure. And so I was pushing for Meteor for a while mm-hmm. and then there was a pushback on that. And then I mm-hmm. was giving my own pushback for my idea. And then I'm going, wait, why am I suggesting Meteor? You know, I was right. okay. I was all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that for... Um, for future cohorts, which, by the way, congratulations to Hack Up Yes, State. absolutely. Yes. Congratulations. Three more years of careers in code. Yay. And so I think uh, something interesting I would do for the, the curriculum development um, is instead of coming up with topics and, and kind of getting more detailed on them, mm-hmm. is thinking about the end result and working mm-hmm. your way back from there. Yes. Be- Agreed. Because yeah. we came up with great topics that I think, you know, I don't regret teaching anything at Careers in Code. I think sure. it was great what we covered. Um, but mm-hmm. I think if you anchor what you need to learn at your capstone and mm-hmm. go, okay, what do do, what do uh, employers want in this area? They want employees that they can hire that can make an app. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got six months to do that. How do you pull that off? And I think sure. if you start branching off from, here's everything the capstone needs, then you can branch off of that and go, that's what we need to teach. And mm-hmm. I think if you kind of take that cloud and arrange it into a timeline, students will have a better map in their head of, yeah. here are all the things we're yeah. going to learn because so many times we'll use a term that's coming up on the roadmap mm-hmm. and they've got no idea what it yep. means, where it's coming from. Yep. And so, you can't see, but I'm raising my hand because <laughs> ding, ding, I didn't know like a lot of the vocabulary or the mm-hmm. syntax going into careers and code. I mean, now, you know, I can pretty much hold my own, I think. Yes. You yeah. know, but yeah, I agree. And I know that even in class, Kelly and I had talked about, you know, frustration of sometimes we would be on a topic and we're like, uh, you know, we'd get through it. And then the next topic would come up and we'd be like, well, why didn't they teach that first? That would have made yeah. so much more sense. Yep. Um, yes. So we did run into that a couple of times, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we made that suggestion for the next cohort. Like, we uh, did. put this first yep. because mm-hmm. this would be a lot easier to understand. Yeah, that was a constant uh, theme of my feedback was, boy, yeah. does this need some restructuring. And like, we're going to get through it because it's a first cohort and, like, yes. I'm thrilled to be part of it. But we really got to restructure this program. And and I think we came up with a great curriculum. And like I yeah. said, don't regret any of it. Sure. Um, and... I don't know that we would take out a lot or even add a lot, mm-hmm. but I think when you anchor it at what's the end result and work your way back from there, it's yeah. much easier to come up with a chronological order than yeah. here are all the things we need to teach. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's just what have helped give it some focus, or that would help give it some focus if they implement that yes. in the next cohort. That'd be and a lot more coherent. And what, what a capstone is like from the beginning, because I was like, what? What? You know, I didn't have any idea what a capstone was. Sure. I mean, eventually I learned, mm-hmm. you know, and it, when it came down to it and, you know, throughout the program, it got to the point where that's pretty much any, anything that we did learn. I was trying to apply it to my capstone more than, you know, yes. trying to do homework that maybe was assigned. But And that's more feedback so. that the instructors heard, that that the entire Hack Upstate team heard. And I think that we will incorporate in the next version is mm-hmm. the instructor's great. But what's important when you're learning is having an anchor, having a mentor that you can just go to yeah. and having your one person. Yep. Um, and that's why I got into mentoring is because that's nice. what I wanted so much when I was in high school, when I was mm-hmm. in college. Um, and that's what I love so much about going to the meetups is that, you know, I'm not in my own little bubble. I can go talk sure. to people and have a, a heated debate over what technology <laughs> is better or right. whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's something that w- that we will iterate on for future cohorts as well is taking whatever we learned in the week and saying, this is how it applies to your capstone. Um, and I think another super important part of that is structuring or architecting your capstone earlier on and going, all right, I've got this idea and someone, a, a, an instructor or a mentor, whoever it is going, that's a great idea here's what we need to add to that before we can really make that work. Or, Mm -hmm. all right, we need a database to make that work. You don't know how databases work right now. We're going to cover it later. Here it is in the roadmap. And at the end of that week, we're going to sit down together and go, all right, now that you learned all of that, what what tasks are next on your list? And I think that's a huge thing that software developers struggle with, professional software developers, is project management, managing tasks, getting mm-hmm. lost in it all. And oftentimes in, in you know, big companies, teams are or organized around a project manager mm-hmm. and a, a QA team, quality assurance, to test your software. Um, and so I think uh, incorporating project management is kind of a, a sleeper concept mm-hmm. into the curriculum that we reinforce every week is a great yeah. idea as yeah. well. We would like to thank Syracuse Coworks as one of our sponsors, the only nonprofit co-working space. They offer day passes, monthly memberships that vary in price, and a recording booth for all your recording needs. It's where we record our podcast. Stop in and check out Syracuse Coworks, located at 555 South Clinton Street in Syracuse, and see all that they have to offer. That brings me to two other questions for you. Um, since you are doing the mentoring, do you ever, do you ever see yourself making a shift into actual like teaching, all like uh, you know all the time? Yeah, it's being something. A it's something mm-hmm. I uh, definitely like. The one reason I I steered away from engineering was um, I didn't want. So I. My, my mom asked me all the time, like, why don't you work at Apple? Why don't you work at a big company? And the way I describe it is when you're working at a big company, you're a developer who spends a couple days changing one pixel on the period of the iPhone. And that change takes six months to make it out to the iPhones. And mm-hmm. there's so many people that have to test it and go through infrastructure and go through legal and security. And sure. it finally gets out there and your work is running on a billion iPhones around the world. And that's amazing, 
But at the end of the day, it was just that one tiny little pixel that you changed on the period. Um, working at a smaller company, you get the benefit of of iterating so quickly right. and and seeing the things come out. Um, we've had a couple employees come into our, our startup at different times, and one of them was working uh, at a Johnson and Johnson company before. Nice. And so he would send me a message like. Hey, by the way, this section of, of the app is broken. I have other things to work on. Don't worry about it. And I'd go, okay. And then about 10 minutes later, I would say, refresh, and, and it's fixed. And he went, what's fixed? And I went, the the issue you just reported. You said it was preventing you from doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, I fixed it. And he went, I don't, how did you do that? <laughs> and and when nice. you're the only developer, it's not like I can go through QA or go through legal sure, or, yeah. you know, like yeah. Yeah. You, you can just go in and fix it. And, mm-hmm. Exactly. And get them back to their production that they need to be mm-hmm. doing. Yes. And yeah. so I, I love doing that at the startup. Um, I love being in the small company and being able to do that. So mm-hmm. going into teaching full time is definitely something that I would want to balance out with something that I was producing, whether it be a curriculum or whether mm-hmm. it be um, a, an app that the students are using or whatever it mm-hmm. is. I, um, I struggle with creating things not being used. And mm-hmm. while I love teaching and I find it super rewarding, mm-hmm. um, I would want to balance that out with some kind of work product other than the student success right. that mm-hmm. I could be okay. constantly evolving Which on. Which makes sense. Um, so the other question that, that sort of, um, I guess on a really long way, that tied into that. Um, so like for someone like myself who has a small young child, okay, my youngest is 10, um, and he has expressed some interest in, like, coding. He always wants to go with me, and <laughs> what would resources would you recommend for a parent like myself with a child around that age that it, it was sort of like a, I mean, to me, that's kind of like an ideal age, that if they're really going to be interested in, mm-hmm. now is the time to find out. So what resources would you recommend a parent look into? Sure. So my big advice not resource specific, but is work backwards because it's so easy to learn all these tiny little concepts in programming. And then it's cool and you're excited while you're doing it, but at the end of the day, it's it's not an end result. And so my big advice is have your end goal, figure mm-hmm. out where you want to end up and then work your way backwards from there. So I really like uh, free code camps curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, two, because the barrier to entry is very low. And three, because the way they pose their curriculum are these problems that you can solve in 10, 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. it's not just this, all right, here's what the syntax is, here's how you do it. They instead say, hey, here's this little fun problem that you can solve. Mm -hmm. And they give you these six objectives to solve in this problem. And you're going through it and it's like solving a puzzle, right? And of course, they're teaching you the syntax as you go, Mm -hmm. but they're always backing it up with a real world problem. And you get to go through it. And, um, you know, the one that comes to mind is a palindrome checker. So, all right, if we give you Mm -hmm. the string, does it come back out? And you're going through the problem and you're you're reversing the string and you're getting it and you get every checkbox except the last one and it's a red circle and you go and you solve that one and you get that one and you lose all the other ones. And you, oh. mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, you get through it. You get the big green check mark at the end and you go, that's really cool. I just, I just mm. solved that problem. Yeah. 
Um, and so Free Code Camp is one of my favorite resources to say, um, go out and do it that way because you're learning through project-oriented work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tasks are small enough that when you get to the end of the section, you're creating a project that, you know, you your kid's going to want to bring to you and go, look, Ma, put this on the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's uh, just really rewarding because it builds on itself. And by the time you get to the end of the curriculum, you're like, whoa, I can make a full website or yeah. I can make a game in JavaScript or I can do whatever the, the curriculum is teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so free code camp is one one piece of advice. Um, other piece of advice is set your goal and work backwards from that. There's just mm-hmm. so many topics that you can learn to narrow in. Um, that's something that, that a younger child is going to struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of gearing them towards a, a curriculum or, or, you know, guiding them into start here because everything in, in a developer builds on itself, right? You learn right. more and more as you go. Um, and if you don't have that end goal in mind, it's so easy to lose track of what you're learning or try something different. Um, and then the third piece of advice would be find a mentor. Um, I think there are so many uh, people in the tech community, tech community that are willing to help out um, that finding someone who um, who has expertise and even if that means changing what you are learning or, or what your child is learning to match the expertise of the mentor you can find, um, I think it's instrumental to, you know, be able to help to get help when you're going through and learning something. Mm-hmm. And it's just so frustrating getting stuck and going, I know I'm so close or I'm just missing mm-hmm. that one last check mark on this project. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that would be my third piece of, of advice is find someone who can mentor. I'd say that's pretty solid advice. Yeah, absolutely. Would you like to go from zero to full stack web developer in 24 weeks? Karen and I did. We're graduates of the first cohort of Careers in Code, a coding boot camp also sponsored by Hack Upstate. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and more from awesome instructors and incredibly patient TAs. If you're ready to change your career, sign up for the second cohort waitlist at careersincode.org. You can also sign up for the Hack Upstate Careers in Code monthly newsletter to receive updates, upcoming events, and job opportunities. That's careersincode.org. And I guess I won't pressure you into starting Max Matthews tutorials on YouTube or the Twitch stream that I really what? think no, you should do no. because you have so much personality and you'd be really great. Yes. But you, yeah, <laughs> you, the pressure. Suggest it. I'm going to add the pressure to it because yeah, things are in the works. I've, I've heard the feedback. It, okay. it could be coming. All right, cool. Looking forward to that. I would be tuning in. If you were on Twitch, I would be tuning in. I'd be like setting the alarm, <laughs> closing the door, don't talk mm-hmm. to me until this is from this time to this time. Max is going to be on. I need right. to focus. Well, it's going to be you and Henry. Well, yes. Because <laughs> I, for whatever reason, you have made a very big impression on my child. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not tell him. Shh, I didn't tell him I was coming today because he would have wanted to come. Nice. And I'm going to be in big trouble when I get home. <laughs> I, I think I, I think that the um, it, it's tough because, you know, working full time as a software developer, the code mm-hmm. that I'm working on is is owned by the company. Right. right? Even though yeah. it's a super small company, it's what I'm working on. I love to show off to people and I love to go to the meetups and be like, you know, mm-hmm. coming into the podcast today. I went, look what I made, you <laughs> yeah, know, and yeah. that's really Absolutely. exciting. 
Um, but that's not something where I can go, okay, and all of the company's intellectual property, let's record and talk through it, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it's tough to balance that out. But at the same time, sure. at the same time, I love mentoring. I love creating that content. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's so important to have side projects or find an open source project or go yeah. to a hackathon and learn something new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to push yourself. It's important to not just say, all right, I code for 40, 50, 60 hours a week, but go, what am I working on that's fun? What am I, you know, giving back to the community? What am I? Um, and that's why I love going to Hack Upstate twice a year is because mm-hmm. I find a project that takes me back to my college days where I went, I found I found this issue and it needs an app and I can build an app for that, right? Uh, that's what I love about Hack Upstate is I get all these ideas throughout the year and then I go, mm-hmm. all right, which one of them is going to make the biggest impact? Which one nice. do I really right. want to get done in yeah. 24 hours? Absolutely. Um, I love telling the story of the um, there's a, a hackathon called Pen Apps, uh, which is put on by the University of, of Pennsylvania, and it's one of the largest in the country. I don't know if M Hacks or or Pen uh, Pen Apps is is the bigger one, um, but basically they have travel reimbursements for students of of colleges across the country that literally fly in to participate in this hackathon. And you go, well, how can they afford to do that? Well, it's all these companies coming in and sponsoring because they're going, who else would be a better employee than than someone who's willing to give up their weekend, mm-hmm. travel in here, and create something really cool in like 24 hours? Yeah. If they can do that in 24 hours, imagine what they could do at our company. Um, and so the, the story I, I love is... Penn Apps went to the Wells Fargo Center, which is where the 76ers play, big sports mm-hmm. stadium, seats 50,000 or whatever. And the students organizing the hackathon said, hey, we'd like to rent this out. Mm-hmm. And the the stadium laughs at them and goes, you know how much that would cost? There's there's no way you can pull this off. It's going to, you know. And so they went, okay, no problem. We'll give you a call back. Mm-hmm. So they call back in about 15 minutes and they go, Will you accept a check straight from Google or does it need to come from us? <laughs> wow, dang. What a power wow. move. Will you yeah. accept a check from Google? And, and you know, it's because they have, I think, 15, 20,000 students hacking here. Yeah. And the Google and all these other big and small companies are like, that is an incredible resource to do recruiting and go out yeah, and, you know. Absolutely. Um, and so... Hack Upstate, not a collegiate hackathon and organized mm-hmm. on a different level, but still incredibly important to do that networking or to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, it, it's so intimidating but to, to get involved in software development. But if you come to an event like that where there are mm-hmm. a lot of beginners and there are experts who are trying new things, right, and trying yeah. to get out of their comfort zone and mm-hmm. um, mentors like me will be there and, and other people who are willing to help out. and. Awesome riding that energy wave over the initial intimidation, I think, can be mm-hmm. super instrumental. Yeah, definitely. So I do have a final question for you, sure. actually. So I agree with you about the importance of finding a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, but what advice would you give to someone who's like, okay, I'm going to find a mentor? Like, how do you go about that process? Or how do you know a mentor is a good fit for you? Or you're a good fit sure. for a mentee? So I think um, 
thinking about your end goal is important mm -hmm. um, and not just, oh, I want to get into programming or I want to be a developer, but think about a project that you want to be able to pull off at the end. Okay. Because the advice that I'm going to give to one person I'm mentoring is going to be totally different than someone else. This is sure. too vast of a field. No one is an expert programmer. No one knows mm -hmm. every programming language or every aspect of one language or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So well, they change constantly. So how could you? Yeah, right. You know, like I, like everything just changes. You know, quick. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, one minute you're like, oh yeah, this is great, and then you're like, wow, what happened? It, nobody's using it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think getting that project in your head is super important. And uh, the other advice I can give is go to a meetup. Um, okay. Meetup.com is where, you know, I got involved with the Syracuse community. Um, Open Hack is the second Tuesday of every month. It is. I believe so, yeah. Um, and that is a great event to go to. You can... Mm -hmm. You cannot know how to use a computer and go to Open Hack, and you'll still be accepted. Yeah, um, absolutely. We're totally open. Um, be careful saying that you want a mentor because I may pounce <laughs> on you. I uh, wow, I okay. love mentoring, nice. um, but there are a ton of people there with a very wide background who who can help you get started. Um, so meetups, I think, are super important. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you're in a small town, there are still people friends of friends or family or someone has to be somewhere technical. Yeah. Um, and so even if they aren't the person set up to mentor you, mm -hmm. um, explore your network, uh, put out those vibes. You know, sure. I was in a small town. I didn't know any, any software developers. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I went home for Christmas and uh, was talking to my friend's dad who was a software developer. And had I just opened up my network a little bit or just um, explored, I would have been able to find a mentor. Right. Sure. Um, and so I think the important thing is go out there, ask questions. Um, yeah. You know, explore your friends, explore your, your family. doesn't matter what age you're at. I think, mm -hmm. I don't think that it is any harder to learn software development at eight or 80, um, which I think is yes. really unique. Um, I think that it engages parts of your brain that, that most other careers you just don't get that excitement out right, of. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so I think uh, just, you know, go out, find meetups, uh, mm -hmm. ask people. Uh, awesome. It's possible to find a mentor. Great. All right, well, thank you for all the quality advice. We Absolutely. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to ask, Karen, before I wrap it up? No, I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered everything that we... Um, I think so. ...wanted to... There's one thing I, I realized that... Start fast code, the way it was structured was you would mm -hmm. teach for an hour and then it would be like an open lab for two hours because it was self paced. People were working okay. through free code camp. Um, and some students were flying through and then some students needed a little bit more help. Uh, but that also split out the first hour of teaching because it's like, all right, well, we can teach recursive functions in JavaScript <laughs> and go into this highly uh, hypothetical, you know. Yeah. Um, but we also have some students who, like, are struggling having two numbers added together in their code, sure. right? Right. So, yeah. It, like, how do you balance that? That's got to be it, so hard. It was it was quite interesting and uh, an, an issue I think we would have uh, had to address had the program run for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but we started talking about concept, concepts that weren't necessarily strictly code-oriented. Mm. So what we ended up doing is going, like, okay... Let's talk about like 
uploading files to to a website or yeah. let's talk about how you do project management as a contractor or mm-hmm. let's talk about incorporating or whatever it would mm-hmm. be um, and a lot of students appreciated that because they went all right it doesn't matter where I'm at in the curriculum mm-hmm. these are still things I'd like to know as, oh, as a sure. developer right. yeah well, we'd like to thank Max for coming in and talking with us today. Um, we could probably be here for another hour or two chatting about stuff, um, but you know, we'll let the listeners go. Uh, where can our listeners find more information about you? Sure. My personal website is uh, my name, M-A-X-M-A-T-T-H-E dot W-S. Uh, you can get in contact with me there. Uh, if you are looking for any mentorship, I highly encourage you to just uh, reach out uh, on the contact form there. Um, and if you're looking for more information about uh, the startup company that I work at, um, that website is wearetuzag.com, and Tuzag is spelled T-U-Z-A-G. If you would like to follow me on my personal learning curve journey, my website is kethorn.com, Instagram, Karen Thorn, Twitter, kthorn, and email, contact at kethorn.com. Also, Be on the lookout for JS Web Development, LLC, as I'm starting my own business. Twitter and Instagram are JS Web Dev. I'm working on a website that should be up soon, and that's jswebdevelopment.com. You can always email me at jswebdevelopment at gmail.com. You can keep up with Kelly by following my Instagram and Twitter at thisiskelcore, or visiting my personal site, kel.dev. Together, we are Salt City Code. You can follow along with the podcast at Salt City Code on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at saltcitycode at gmail.com. And remember, always always keep keep it salty. salty.